everybody. Happy Monday and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And you can subscribe wherever you listen. And if you like the show, give us a five-star review. It would help. And as always, we talk judging and MMA, so you should learn the criteria at abcboxing.com. Dan, it is Sunday night on a Sunday that I would love to forget. So let's just talk about Saturday. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot to remember about the fights that were going on, especially from a judging perspective. Yeah, Saturday may be a better day to remember. I think so. I think so. <laughs> uh, it was, you know, it was funny because I think a lot of people entered the weekend complaining about, oh, yeah, the UFC card wasn't so great on paper. Uh, and then they were kind of forgetting about the Bellator card. And then some people were like, oh, it's, you know, do you have to choose between one or the other? And it was like, really, when it came down to it, uh, the way I was framing it in my head was the UFC's entire card, especially the main card, was kind of like the Saturday MMA prelim. And that led into the Saturday MMA main card, which was the Bellator main card. Yeah, uh, kind of agree with you there. I mean, Jim Miller was the main event for me. I turned it off after that fight. <laughs> That's uh, true. I, so, I got the sense that was like the only MMA you would have preferred to watch all day. Even yeah. though the 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 light of a Grand Prix for Bellator was was is at least very I, compelling. I, I did. I watched. I ended up going back to that and watching that. Well, you of course watched yeah. all the rounds we were talking right, about for the right. show as yeah. well, but yeah, but for your own choice. Oh, for my own choice, I only had interest really in Jim Miller. I had interest in that light heavyweight Grand Prix too. It just right. I I didn't really plan on watching that live as I planned on watching Jim Jim fight live. So I get you, I get you. But you know, talking about that Bellator light heavyweight Grand Prix, the semifinals here. Uh, what's your what was your quick reaction for kind of the results of it? Obviously, we had uh, Vadim Nemkov, the champion of uh, Bellator's two hundred five pound division winning a very clear, uh, obvious fight up until the point where he put a stamp on it and uh, and finished off his challenger, uh, Julius Angliskis. Yeah, I, I think he was, you like to use it a lot, he was playing with his food. I think he really wanted yeah. a sub. He really wanted a sub, and, and he could have finished that a lot earlier, I believe, if he just pounded him out. I remember, I, I forget if this was post-fight in the cage or post-fight elsewhere, but I'm pretty sure he was saying something to the effect of like, uh, it his head was really hard, and Gleiska's head was hard. So he's like, oh, "I'm just going to take him down and work on that." So he's just like, "This is just the easiest way to go." Yeah. Um, and it wasn't that easy, but he, yeah, obviously he he took a little while. I don't know that he was necessarily playing with his food. I think he was he was really it looked like he was trying to beat him up. Like he was looking for like the ground and pound one, and it just wasn't quite getting there because he and Gleiska's for what you know, say what you want about the kid, he was durable. Um, Very but tough. obviously round four, he kind of ran out of steam. Yeah, and uh. And in the past, I, that's been Nemkov. I mean, he did that 10 minutes with Pochaska and was just dead after it. That was very so, early. That was very early in his career, ago, yeah. So, so he is, they're uh, much different fighters, both of them now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. That would be just such a compelling fight if they were able to somehow put that together one way or the other. But, I mean, this is kind of a pipe dream. At one um, at one point, someone's going to have to just not care about lawsuits, <laughs> promotion-wise and personal-wise, and just say, I'm going to fight this guy. That's just happening. Maybe if I win the lottery and then I've just got like hundreds of millions of dollars sitting around, I'll be like, listen, just do it. Just cross the line. Whatever, whatever it costs you in court, I'll pay for it. Yeah. Just, just, just something like that. I mean, Rampage. Is that going to happen? No. But but Rampage did it, right? That kind of cost him not much. It was a weird situation. Like there was some sort of discrepancy in the contract or something like that. So then he went ahead and did it. And then 
they found out or they went through litigation and mm. were like, no, okay, you are still under contract Bellator. So, yeah, that I don't know the full details of it offhand now that you're bringing it up, yeah. but I remember it being something along those lines. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, he had the one-off fight for the UFC and then he came back. And mm. That was that was the end of it. Yeah, I don't think I, I imagine UFC would probably tread more lightly on that going forward, especially I don't remember if that was pre or post sale uh, from the Fertitas to the current uh, IMG Endeavor mm. ownership. Yeah. So I wonder if it would be treated very differently anyway with new people in charge. Who knows? Yeah. I, I I can't remember the details offhand. Who knows? But uh, but the other one, of course, the other uh, light heavyweight Grand Prix semifinal was uh, it was a little shorter and. But probably not any any more competitive or anything like that because Corey Anderson got the first round TKO finish of Ryan Darth Bader. This is his third TKO finish in a row, I believe. Okay. So Anderson's looking great. He's beasting twenty five eight. The crazy nickname. Well, well, now he's overtime, but I, but you can't shake that. <laughs> no one will forget beasting twenty five eight. No, no one, no one like me. At least I won't. <laughs> well, he definitely didn't need overtime in this one. No. No, that was under time for this one. He got out. He got out quick. Um, yeah, he kind of just clipped uh, Ryan Bader behind the temple, and and Bader never really recovered. He was just kind of in in hanging on mode, and I thought he hung on actually pretty decently for a little while, but ultimately, yeah, once once he kind of got prone on the ground, mm-hmm. it was it was over. It was done. Yeah, he hangs tough after getting clipped, but the problem is he gets clipped. So he does get clipped a lot, and and he's not going to get any better at this point. I mean, they're obviously big boys with big power, but. I don't know. I'm starting to wonder how much more we're going to really see of Ryan Bader over the years. Mm -hmm. If he wants to keep fighting, that's fine. There's plenty of people in this Grand Prix that are much older than Ryan Bader (laughs) and have been fighting longer. But, you know, does the kid still want to fight? I mean, he's not a kid. He's my age, but um, I'm not a kid. (laughs) Does he want to keep fighting? I don't know. That's up to him. But I mean, uh, what what, what was your impression of of Anderson coming out of this one? I I think he's... uh... I think he was the real deal. I think I think he's got a real good shot at winning this one. Do you think he's entering his prime now, or do you think maybe it's just kind of I think, the, the competition of Beltor? Do you think it's a little bit of both? Because obviously Bader is he's a legit two hundred fiver. So competition in the UFC, obviously, uh, for the most part, is much better. But I think it's a lot less stress. He doesn't have to worry about the money side of things. He's you know he's very content with with his paycheck now, and he can just fight. And not only that, that's I mean, he wins thing. one more time, he gets a million dollars for the uh, for the Grand Prix Championship. So that's that's a big deal, right? Million dollars is a lot, but he's also said that in two Bellator fights, or how many, do you have two or three? In this two, is his, this was his third. So in three Bellator, Bellator fights, he's made more than his entire fifteen fight run in the UFC. I mean, that does is. make sense to some degree because, so. we, as we all know, nobody makes any money in the UFC early on. Mm. Uh, whether you win tough or not, it's not a large contract. But yeah, it, I mean, I would believe it. Sure. So I, I think I think he's it's a mental thing. I think he's more you know entering his prime because of that. Can just I think it's probably a little bit of both yeah. physically and and you know it's all timing out to the right time in his career. He's still very young, especially by Bellator standards <laughs> for Bellator free agent standards. Uh, Bell- uh, Bellator yeah. kind of treats uh, their free agents like WCW in 1999. So they get a lot of creative control. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they yeah. just yeah. Oh wow, yeah, I forgot about that part. And uh, and unfortunately, they all have to lose to Hulk Hogan at some point. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't work for me brother <laughs> you know I, I watched like probably one episode of nitro ever oh really yeah i was not yeah. a nitro guy i was i was all raw oh, okay that i don't know f- why i even watched i was probably at my co- i think i was at my cousin's house and mm. he was more wcw so we like okay. we channel flipped a little bit yeah. at that point um and then it, especially because they weren't head to head 
the entire time. I think Nitro started an hour earlier, so they were only head-to-head for like an hour, if well, I remember. yeah, so I was a flipper, but I always knew Raw ended exactly at 11 or 10, whatever time it was, and WCW started doing those overruns where they'd go time over. So I knew I'd be able to catch the most interesting part of the show <laughs> after 11. Nice, nice. Well, and enough of that tangent. We don't yeah. need to talk about that, that uh, organization anymore. What do you think of the final in the Bellator Light Heavyweight Grand Prix now with Nemkov, who will defend his Light Heavyweight Championship again against Anderson? What, what's your kind of early Ooh. take? You, you Feel free to change it as we get closer. I am, I, I want to say Anderson because, I mean, it's, they're both very good wrestlers. I think Anderson may have the edge, though. And if he decides to take it down, I think it's it's his fight all day. Uh, on the feet, I don't feel uh, that confident in Anderson. I feel more confident in Nemkov. He's he's more of a complete fighter, I think. I am going to stick with what I originally thought, which was trust in the combat Sambo of Adi Nemkov. All right, I'm gonna stick with it. I don't think I'll be changing as we get closer, but who knows? Maybe uh, maybe you'll have a change of heart. I mean. And how and then Anglicus, who do you think has more power, Anderson or Anglicus? Probably Anglicus, right? Hard to say. I mean, Anderson's been showing a lot of power lately. I'm yeah. I'm not going to I don't know if I could make that judgment call. I, I would actually trust the body of work more from Anderson. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, I'd agree. Honestly. But I'll, I'll... um maybe I'm wrong, but you know. And also, you know, he can have better power but not be able to get it off as well in the fight. Yeah, maybe that's true. maybe Anglicus threw his best punch ever when he rocked. Yeah. That's uh, true. That he never come in that round one. But maybe there's more to come from Anderson, who's been actually hitting very hard. Even Anderson's got to be faster, too, right? He's probably much faster than Anglicus. Uh, I think probably, but yeah, I don't know. I I mean, it's hard to say. So I don't know. I, it, it's hard to say, but I, I do. Tr- I'm going to stick with I'm sticking with Nevkov. I just right. I think Nevkov has a case to be made that he is the top 205 in the whole world right now. And I, I don't know that I would necessarily say that about Anderson, but hey, I mean. If he wins against Nemkov, I mean, there's an argument to be made. He's he's one and one with the champ. He's got uh, on the UFC side. Uh, he has a win over the upcoming challenger in Glover Teixeira. So he can hang for sure. Yeah. Legit top 205 are these guys. And I, I'm really for looking sure. forward to yeah. the uh, light heavyweight Grand Prix final. I think this is probably one of the most legit fights that Bellator is ever going to be able to put on. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm excited for this one. But uh, going back to the UFC real quick, but we've got a lot of contested rounds that we want to get to, but but I don't want to move on before we get to talk about uh, the two grizzled veterans on the UFC side, Jim Miller and Andre Arlovsky, who are some of the most prolific fighters in UFC history. Both got wins, uh, especially Jim Miller looking extra impressive, getting the clean knockout, not TKO, and even though it's just a semantic, uh, over uh, Eric Gonzalez. Really impressive performance. I know you're not the biggest Jim Miller fan out there, so what, like, sorry it didn't go the way that you were hoping. Uh, and I know, I know you've been rooting for him to have his come up and ever ever since he gave it to you when you guys were uh, you were sparring dummy yeah. on the ground, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what, no, I'm, I'm sure you were jacked up for this win, right? Yeah, that was I was excited. I mean, this is one of the. I used to, my arms would be gassed for all Miller fights, Dan or Jim, <laughs> like completely because I was just tense the whole time. I, I. A little bit of that came back during this fight, nice. more so because I was just so upset with the fight prior with uh, Myra Bueno Silva. Like she had, she had. Yeah, me, it was terrible. Like less said, the better. My yeah, and so when Jim got, and then Jim got clipped, and I was like, oh no, what is happening? <laughs> and then he he uh, he got the takedown, got his wits with him, and then started hitting him with some big lefts. So 
Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more oh, about yeah. that. Oh, yeah, that's, I, I forgot that's a round we're going to be talking that is, about. That is so. one of our rounds, yeah. I, and I made sure to put it up early okay. in our uh, in our rundown for yeah. you because, of course. Yeah, I was going to talk about it. Did so. you a favor there. So, but, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that to side. But, but even Andre Arlovsky getting the win, too. I mean, look at the old guys, uh, the, the guys who have been in the cage it, a lot for a long time. It's Impressive. like, I mean, Andre Arlovsky, I, did he do something with, uh, with his chin? Like, he used to get knocked out a lot. I know it's, and, it's wild. We were kind of talking about like it's it's almost like his chin got better, <laughs> and it's kind of wild because that you don't really see that. I mean, he was he was getting knocked out quite a bit, and obviously these are heavyweights. A lot of heavyweights yeah. can, can hit you hard, but it's been a long time since he's been knocked out. I think the last time was I want to say was was it Stipe did that or 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 Alistair Overeem? I can't remember. Well, I think hand. Tom Aspinall rocked him before choking him. Well, yeah, the, okay, yeah, that's so. true. That that that's a good example of of definitely getting hurt, and then yeah. he probably could have been finished one way, but he was finished another way. So. Yeah, uh, I'll give you that for sure. But he hasn't actually been right. Nothing against his finished record. by strikes in a long time. So yeah. credit to him. Yeah, he's looks like he's probably not going anywhere. He says he wants. He says he wants top ten next. And Carlos Felipe did not uh, appreciate getting the decision going the other way against Arlovsky, <laughs> but I don't. Yeah, Carlos Felipe has that kind of that. Diaz brother mentality where it's like I I, I won everything every time I don't understand how I lost and he also does all that like body language and talking and all that stuff it's like it's like he wants to be a Diaz brother but he definitely isn't it's not in him it, he's no. it's a, it's a more of an act persona I think he's trying to like I don't know if it's necessarily like an act I think it's I think it's something that he would really love it if that's what he was like in, in his heart he probably even believes he is but it's just not it's not him. working it's not the same you can't it's often imitated, never duplicated, right? Yeah. The Diaz brothers sure. are the Diaz brothers, and when they're gone, all we'll have is their memory. Yeah. And you'll be sad. Well, the Nick Diaz army, pretty sure he's got his own school, probably has some fighters coming up. That's true. So. We've seen some really excellent fighters come on, like that guy who got like blasted on the same card that uh, Nick was on because they put him on there for that. <laughs> I don't remember. I have no idea. <laughs> it was uh, it's something Sano. I can't remember his name offhand. It was it was on the same pay per view, and then he put him on the prelims, and he was completely overmatched. Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't know that we're gonna get too many of their disciples coming through. Um, There's one in Invicta who's pretty. She's pretty nasty. I forget her name though. Okay, but I don't know her name. Well, that's so that's I, cool. Yeah. Why don't we? Uh, what's the? Well, the la- last thing before we even move yeah. on, I just want to point out that the UFC main event, uh, the win from Norma Dumont over Aspen Ladd uh, was definitely one of the worst main events that the UFC has ever put on. Pretty it just was. It was so bad. And I honestly, I didn't come into the fight thinking it was going to be horrible. I thought it would just be like, I, I honestly, I thought that Aspen Ladd was going to run roughshod over uh, Norma Dumont. I really did. Uh, I completely slept on Norma Dumont to my, uh, <laughs> I certainly looked like a fool there. Uh, but man, that fight could not have been less interesting to watch. I'm sitting there and I'm watching it. And my wife came in the room and she was sort of watching it too. She doesn't really like watching fights. Mm. She especially hates when it gets like bloody and violent. But because this was not that, she kind of was just watching them. I'm like, these two are just moving back and forth. She's like, yeah, that looks right. So she did not watch the bloodbath from last week's card. No. <laughs> I, in fact, I believe she was in the room for that one. Oh. And I said, don't look. Don't look. <laughs> I just tell her, don't look at the TV. She's like, I won't. Yeah, this one was yeah. a this this fight was a stinker. It was so bad. It was just really bad, and I'm unfortunate that we will have to talk about a round from that. But before we get to the rounds from the UFC, let's knock out the one from the main event contested round wise, the main event of Bellator 268. 
in Arizona. And that was Vadim Nemkov. Again, round four submission by Kimura over Julius Angliskis. Round two is our 10-8 debate here. It's the only round that got 10-8 consideration from the judges, even though round two was also pretty strong. Uh, they all went 10-9 there. Round three, you mean? Why don't you break round three? Excuse me. Yeah. yeah, round two was the one where there was some debate. Why don't you break down what happened in round two here, sir? This this was uh, all offense from Nemkov and none at all from Anglicas. So, I mean, it was total domination on the ground. I thought he landed some big, big ground and pound, especially towards the end of the round. Uh, good duration of offense. Uh, damage was heavy. I thought this was an easy 10-8 for me. I thought it was an easy 10-8, a very easy 10-8. I checked all three Ds. Damage dominance duration. It, it's it's very lot, especially as it went later in the round. Like I was almost like borderline up until I want I want to say maybe like the last like forty five seconds or so off of memory. And then Nemkov starts pouring on. And he's landing. You know, like it, some of these were like tough to land for a little while. And then he was really really landing. He just hard. started. Yeah, he started finding uh, the opening. And yeah, yeah. Once and, and Beltran so was, got close, he turned it yeah. up even more. So yeah, yeah. I, I really thought I thought that we were close to a finish. I think it probably even you know give it a few more seconds. It could have been there, but. Uh, the measurement is, of course, what happens during the duration of those five minutes. And I do think that there was enough done in a very clear way. So I went 10-8, you went 10-8. Uh, the two judges, Mike Bell and Ron McCarthy, saw it that way as well. Uh, Brian Miner, the out judge on this one, only gave it a 10-9. And, and the only thing I can speculate is he wasn't seeing everything land. Because realistically, I think this was a very strong 10-8 round. So, I mean, you, you never know what it is when you have a different seat. I don't know what the situation was in Arizona as far as if they had monitors and that kind of thing, mm -hmm. the way they do um, in Las Vegas, the way they do uh, at the Mohegan Sun for a lot of the Bellator cards. So, who and knows? We know that but gigantic circle cage is a problematic sometimes. It, it is. So. It is. Uh, that's for, from what we hear uh, from other judges. Uh, we're not just making that up or, or guessing. or I mean, We don't have any experience either, but that is coming from the judges themselves, or at least uh, I believe it was, was it uh, Ben Carlos who told us that when he was on the show? Uh, I think it was Ben. Yeah, I think so. I think that was it. Um, but yeah, that was, that's, that's something that is the only thing that really makes any sense to me because this is a, this is a 10, nine round or excuse me, a 10, eight round. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I think this was definitely a 10, eight. Yeah. Uh, ultimately two out of three gave it that way and it didn't even matter. So moving right along, that was the end of Bellator. I mean, they had some other rounds, but we, um, we chose to just, take the main event from that one there wasn't as many and a lot of them were the prelims so we are going to move on over to ufc there were actually quite a few from the ufc this week not we haven't usually had as many lately i think this was a little more i don't want to say rough but it was they were the judges more were more torn on a lot of these let's start with the terrible main event dumont lad round four which came after the uh the very <laughs> the, the very in-your-face pep talk from Aspen Ladd's coach slash boyfriend, Jim West, <laughs> uh, really getting in her face, trying to rev her fighter up. There's been a lot of talk yeah, you know, uh, I... throughout Sunday about that. Like, was it OK? Was it not OK? Uh, well, first off, I have an opinion. Where do, where do you land on that? I, I had a strong opinion originally. And then I was like, you know what? Like, these are athletes and people are going to get on you and they're going to scream. The only thing I didn't really like about it was it, it wasn't constructive. Like the questioning, what are you doing out there? What are you doing? Sure. Like, I don't think that 
is you know going to help i think he can i think he can be hard on her and in a different way without like the questions that you know you have a limited amount of time use it more wisely than you know questioning what she's doing out there no absolutely i i would agree there and but but, uh, one thing that did come to mind for me because i had a conversation with misha tate about this earlier this year um people have you know they're everyone's aware that misha tate used to be coached by uh her boyfriend slash uh fellow ufc fighter at the time brian caraway uh she talked to me about how she didn't respond very well to that type of coaching in the past. And it kind of shuts you down. Um, and that kind of came to mind. I was like, geez, that's, <laughs> is, is it really helping? I'm not everybody responds very well to that. And also the fact that it's similarly to Misha Tate, this is a coach slash boyfriend situation. It's where do you draw the line? Like, how can you talk to somebody? And this is my opinion. How can you talk to somebody like that, getting all in their face and then be able to go home to them. And like, I feel like if it's me, like I wouldn't want to be chewed up by my boss like that and then go home to my boss. You know what I mean? Not that this is your boss, but it's, and it's a different relationship, but you can't go, like, I can't go home and then share that with like my wife. Like, man, this, you know, this sucked. I want to be able to talk about that, but you don't get that anywhere. Like you come home to that. It's a weird dynamic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's strange. Uh... So that was where it kind of rubbed me and as more mm. awkward. And I'm not going to get too crazy judgmental of that. I'll leave that to other people who who understand the relationship a little bit better. But it's still very strange uh, to see knowing what I know. Yeah, I you know what I I got to see a compilation of all the all the corners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what it's it's I don't think it's that bad once he starts getting into fight instruction. Yeah, it the most like I said the the part that it's like it's not constructive to just be just questioning what are you doing out there? What are you doing? Like, do you want to win this fight or what? Like, I, I don't think that that kind of stuff works. But maybe it's, I mean, it's we've just, seen examples the, of it working, I guess, with with uh, with her. But I mean, read the fighter. Like, is anything going to is that what's waking her up? I think what woken her up was actually having success because she did. Now, let's, let's get into this round. What happened in round four, actually, before we even kind of talk about that? Uh, I ended up scoring this one for Duma. I thought she ended the round really good. It was the most effective offense of the fight, but it was only like 20 seconds of it. You're talking about Lad or Dumont? What am I doing? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lad. Lad, she finally, she ended up having some really good offense. It was probably yeah. the most effective <laughs> in the last 20 seconds. Uh, she got the sweep to side control, landed some bigger shots, elbows in particular, but they also didn't land that flush, I didn't think. Uh, I thought she was missing with a lot of stuff. Uh, Dumont landed pretty good throughout the round, and, you know, that offense was really only 20 seconds of, of a round. I thought Dumont was pretty much, you know, winning. So I, I went for Dumont 10-9. I also did, too. Um, I guess I can get why uh, Junichiro Camillo got to Lad there, because I, I was watching it with, like, kind of in mind, like, man, this is actually a pretty close round. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not offended by it going the other way. But I did think, like I said, that the, a lot of the stuff that Lad was throwing in that last sequence kind of wasn't – it was either not landing flush or not even landing at all. It just kind of – you know, she's she's landing and she's doing her kind of, you know, batter cries and stuff like that. And it's it's selling it well. Mm. But, you know, a, 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 a sharp judge knows to separate that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm, that is not some sort of shade at Judge Camillo. I'm sure he tuned that out and still saw it the way for Lad. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Uh, I sided with uh, the majority there, Sal D'Amato and Chris Lee, yeah. just like you did. I mean, I really loved the sweep, and then she moves quick to side control and, and you know, started throwing. Just uh, just really wasn't enough for me, though. Yeah, yeah. So I I think that's probably the last time we ever have to talk about this fight, like, ever. Uh, I am, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Moving on to a fight you'd rather talk about much more often, which was Jim Miller's second-round KO via punch. 
Bam. Sweet. Left. Left. Nice left, right? Right down the pipe. Counter. Very early left. in round two. Shut it down. Sit down. Young Ghost Pepper. Indeed, indeed. Uh, it's a learning experience for this young man. But he was off to at least a decent start in round one. Why don't you – now we'll go over and talk about what happened in round one, Dan. Yeah, okay. So I thought Jim was the more effective fighter in this round. He gets taken down early, and Gonzalez doesn't do anything with it. Jim, you know, smacked him in the head with an elbow. And then he decided, you know, probably we should just stand back up again. Then he, Jim gets clipped coming in, ate a couple of good shots, and he kind of uh, desperation clinch, I guess you you call it, gets the takedown, okay. you know, just to avoid, you know, eating any more damage because he was definitely rocked a little bit. Um, gets his wits about him. They reset back on the feet, and uh, Jim starts finding a home for that left. And he landed it quite a few times, and, and, you know, Gonzalez was visibly hurt. I thought he was probably closest to... Uh, getting the finish in that round, even though he did get clipped early because, you know, Gonzalez was hurt. And uh, it was really just a precursor of what was to come. So 10-9 Miller. Yeah, I thought that mostly it really just came down to who was closer to getting the finish in this round. It was pretty simple for me. I I thought that Miller was closest to getting the finish. Yeah, he, he had the most effective strikes. He's, he was he that left. He was smashing him. And, and you can tell Gonzalez did not like it one bit. Yeah, but but again, it, it is a close round. I I, I can yeah. understand totally why. Uh, Judge Kamija was, again, uh, the out judge for this one uh, with Dave Hagan and Chris Lee seeing it for Gonzalez, Kamija seeing it for Miller, just as you and I did, though. So, so yeah, we landed on the same side as the out judge. And, Dan, when that happens, what what is it we call that? I think it's been a while. Yeah, it's a couchside override. <laughs> and it's back. <laughs> Great job, Jim. I love it. But, you. again, it didn't matter because, yes, Jim Miller got the win in round two, not needing the judges in this one, which is good because he tends to fade. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You got, Jim's got to win in those first two rounds, I think. It just makes it harder for him. Well, I just want to point out real quick, the only thing at 155 that makes sense right now is a Miller-Oliveira rubber match. Oh, of course. This, so, is, this, is the, this is the fight that anybody is saying. Yes, that's the only thing that makes sense in this division. <laughs> I mean, shoot, if it was last minute and everyone's, and all of a sudden Jim Miller got the shot, I don't think anyone would look at it and be like, yeah, he's the most deserving contender, but they would probably all be like, all right, I'm in. That's fair. Jim Miller deserves it. He's he's got he's been putting in the years and the, and the miles and all that. Just it's okay. Yeah. He he would be everyone would give a pass to him because every there's not like a single fighter out there who realistically doesn't respect Jim Miller. Even Nate Diaz said he had trouble finding. Some, he said he wants to be mad at his opponent. He said he, he couldn't even really find anything for the when they fought on UFC Fox Three, I believe. Maybe if you know we're gonna go back a bunch of years, maybe he could say, well. Jim didn't invite me to his famous cookout uh, that, oh, that he's known yeah. for, so I, I can understand that. <laughs> like, why didn't why he didn't send the invitation out to Stockton oh, to possible. go up to the boonies yeah. in in uh, New Jersey? <laughs> so there's something, but but again, I think it's a little too late for that anyway. Uh, moving on down the list because we still have plenty more. Let's get to uh, a unanimous, actually a split decision. Excuse me, uh, the only split decision that we had on our menu for these uh, these rounds, these fights here. Danny Roberts getting the nod over Ramazan Amiv, 30-27, 29-28, and then a 29-28 the other way. So when we have three different scores, we, of course, have at least two different rounds. Round one and round two in this case. Let's start with the first round. Dan, what did you see? Yeah, so everyone was mad about this round from what I saw on my feed. Like, people are losing their minds over this fight. Yeah. And I just find it that... I just find it difficult to get mad over a split decision in a fight where fighters are fighting. Like around, the, you mean, right? 
or around a, a, a whole decision, any anything. Like, I, I, I can't get mad when the fighters feel like, to me, that they're sparring at 50%. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't feel any urgency from either fighter here. I mean, this first round was not a big output round. I thought it was kind of close and kind of, but kind of clear. Uh, I scored it for Ameev, 10-9. I thought he landed some cleaner, stronger shots. Got the takedown, really didn't do much from there. And Roberts gets to a triangle setup. He never attacks it, though. So I, I, I'm not scoring that at triangle. Just because he isolates an arm, I'm not I'm not going to give him. No, that's not a full sub. So, no. yeah, I'm not going to give it, that to him. The danger isn't quite there. I mean, Ameev scrambles, gets on the back, lands a couple shots before they're back on their feet. I mean, Roberts lands a big knee to the face once they're back up to the. But that, other than that, it's really nothing else going on. I, I think, think you Ameev, named every strike in the whole round. I think Ameev wins this one. And to. <laughs> But to be mad that it goes to Roberts, I, I, I can't because it, neither guy really did anything. No, this is not this is not the hill you want to die on. Uh, I I went for Ameev too. I saw it the same way as Sal D'Amato and you. Uh, Chris Lee and Rick Winter were the majority judges here seeing it for Roberts. But yeah, I just you had 12 what UFC called significant strikes. He landed in this one. Um, I I just I, I don't understand. I, where where is the where is where is something in this round where you say there's the smoking gun? It has to be for one guy or the other. It just really isn't. I I think it's hard to give Roberts this round for like maybe one decent decently landed strike and Amiv having just a couple strikes landed and you know some a little bit of grappling control. I don't. Yeah. I I have I have no strong thoughts about this round other than that my strong thoughts are no one else should have strong thoughts. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah. Why? How? Unless you have money on it, I guess. But that's well. Yeah. That too. But people also just like to be mad about <laughs> about any round scoring, I mean, decision scoring in MMA. It's just the way it is. And even it's, though, it's, even though another judge scored it, uh, was it? Wait, uh, yeah, another judge scored it for Roberts. People were just mad at Chris Lee. Even though they everyone loves to be mad at Chris Lee. No, no one can get over this. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I I don't have a strong opinion really. I mean, ten nine me in a round that wasn't all that much output. So and so, Dan, since you and I both landed on a an Eve, what uh? What do we call that since it was just you, me, and Sal? Oh, that's a couchside override. <laughs> Bam. Another couchside override for uh, Mr. D'Amato. Moving go. on to round two, though, we had, uh, again, I think this was another close round. It was another close round. I mean, it, and, and again, it, it, it feels like they're sparring at 50%, and like someone actually goes a little harder, so then the other one re- retaliates a little harder. A few decent exchanges mixed in there. But on the whole, I think Ameev has the slight edge early, gets it down, he attacks that sub. Uh, I think it was Anaconda. Uh, lands a couple good shots. It's pretty much his round, but you know, Roberts did land, you know, decent. I guess a little bit. Uh, like I said, I just can't get too upset over a round where guys aren't really going for it. I mean, there's some cruise control, so yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's really only you know more or less definitive round in this fight, and it's round three went to went to Roberts unanimously. Mm-hmm. This one, yeah, being split again. I did see it for Ameev, just yep. like you. Yep. D'Amato and Winter were on the same page. Uh, this time. Chris Lee was our out judge here. A lot of people getting very mad at Chris Lee for giving a 30-27 score. <laughs> we saw the opposite of Chris Lee in both round one and round two, but are we sitting here saying Chris Lee, you know, should lose his license or something like that? Absolutely not. This is not even I mean, close, especially not for this fight. My goodness. What do you come on, guys? You have to fight. Is, Fighters have to fight. Like this is kind of a typical Ramazan Amiya fight, too, unfortunately. He finds himself in a lot of these fights. And and I think he's capable of a lot more, but he just doesn't show it just, just don't get you fight like i mean guys fight like three times a year and and you're just gonna go into cruise control in it come on yeah it's disappointing uh he's he's had uh i believe they said at the beginning of the fight 
uh, or before the fight that he had visa issues that have now kind of been worked out. He's got like a three-year visa now, so hopefully he shouldn't have those okay. issues. Good for him. Uh, but, I mean, come on. More urgency is really what he needs. He's Try to finish fights or at least put your stamp on them. Yep. Yeah, so the fact that he didn't win this, I wonder if he'll learn. Probably not. Uh, the win did go to Danny Roberts. I didn't score it that way, but I have no problem. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Whatever. Sure. Whatever. The, the best way to feel. That was, again, that was the only split decision we had from the evening. But we do have a couple of rounds here. I don't think we need to dwell too deeply on any of the remainders here because a lot of them, they were, they were all uh, fights that either were finished early or were not even close to in doubt. So let's start with uh, probably the most exciting of these ones, uh, Nate Landwehr getting the second round submission via Anaconda Choke over Ludovic Klein. Round one was a split round. How, what happened here? Uh, Real was, quick. I thought this was a really close round. Both guys uh, kind of going really back and forth. Both hit landing to the body, good punches. I think Landwehr is landing just a tad bit better because he's getting a little bit better reactions with uh, Klein kind of backing up a bit. Uh, still really close. Landwehr takes it in the final 10 seconds where they're both swinging for the fences. I think he landed just a bit cleaner and a bit stronger and had that, you know, knee to the face, which was kind of like, all right, he's he's getting the round for me. Yeah, I, more or less, that's kind of how I got there. But I, I saw this as such a very close round that, you know, you hate coin toss. But I think we all get what we mean by coin toss. It is a very, very close round mm -hmm. that I think depending on how you graded certain strikes or assessed certain strikes from your point of view, just a billion different factors. You could end up on one side or the other. And I don't think you can call either one wrong. Uh, I landed on Landwehr. Uh, didn't mean the pun. It's there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you and I were on the same side as Adelaide Bird and Chris Lee, uh, two of the favorites of, of the, um, yes. of the Twitter community. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Rick Winter was the lone judge. Who's also kind of been under fire the last couple of weeks uh, was on Ludovic Klein's side. So this, <laughs> I feel like no matter what, this was just kind of, if it went to the decision, everyone just could have been super mad at one judge or another <laughs> because they want to be, but yeah. realistically, you put three random guys there. You put three random, you know, people there uh, who are fight fans who've been watching for 20 years, you know, that, which is what people consider to be their training for judging. Mm. Um, and I feel like they'd still end up on different sides. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't think, I don't think there's any way to look at this one and say, y'all saw it the same way because it's supposed to be one way. This, that's just not the way it was. So I have no problem with it going to Landwehr and it didn't matter because Landwehr finished it off. Yep. Next fight uh, is Bruno Silva. Getting a third round finish over Andrew Sanchez, TKO, after Sanchez tired. Uh, round one was a split round here, sir. What'd you say? Uh, good start for Silva. He was ripping the body against the cage, and uh, that was really it. Uh, Sanchez yeah. got a takedown. He landed some ground and pound. Didn't really land that much ground and pound. Uh, Silva had a couple elbows from the bottom, but I didn't think they were that effective. So I favored Sanchez's uh, ground and pound as the most effective of the fight. Of the round, I should say, in a close round, but I scored it for Sanchez, 10-9. See, I went the other way. I did see it uh, for Silva, but again, really close round. I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to argue too much with you on this one. Um, I did think that there was just wasn't a whole lot of actual effective strikes landed that were trying to, you know, make an effort toward finishing the fight. And I thought that the bulk of them were coming from Bruno Silva. It's tougher to grade them on the ground that way, you know, when he's in the bottom position. For some of that time, he wasn't entirely on the bottom. Sometimes he was kind of like sitting up at the cage. Uh, so it's a little different. I thought he edged it that way, though. It, it was yeah, close, but yeah. I did think I mean, it was that way. Close fight. Yeah. You, you don't care, right? I don't care. No. Not that you don't care, but you don't care that I went the other way. I actually, I I, really, I do not care at all. 
Oh. On in one of my notes somewhere. I don't oh. know what fight it was about, but yeah. okay. I did write that somewhere. I believe you. I mean, it probably was the main event. So I don't care about that one. That was terrible. Oh, yeah. That, um, yeah, it's, it's hit it. But really, I don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah, for, for this fight? For round four of Dumont oh, yeah, and Lad. Okay. Yeah, that's there what you I found go. It. That makes sense. Right. It makes sense. Uh, but yeah, so Silva was actually the majority uh, fighter to win this round. Uh, Judge Camillo and Tony Weeks saw it that way. You saw it the same way as Doug Crosby, uh, the wild card judge. Uh, I I saw it the other way, so we were dif- we uh, differed here. There's no couch side override. You and I weren't even on the same side, which I feel like doesn't happen all that often. You no, guys, you yeah. and I are usually pretty united. Yeah, but, me and Doug uh, are uh, a tag team now. Is that right? Yeah, called the Wild Cards. Yes. Okay, <laughs> I like that. Never know how it's gonna go. He would be known as the uh, the judging genius when in, uh, when he's announced in WWF. Yes. <laughs> judging genius. Uh, we have uh, two more rounds to do let's see if we can get these through these like a little quicker the one first one was the curtain jerker uh ariani kamalasi got a second round rear naked choke finish or excuse me third round rear naked choke finish of estela nunez round two is the round that was split didn't end up mattering of course but uh damn what happened here real quick uh they come out both swinging like wildfire kind of uh i think kamalasi was a bit more effective her shots were back in nunez against the fence in the clinch nothing really happened uh there's a brief takedown on the separation, they exchange again. Nunez is winning most of the exchanges in this portion, but she gets clinched again and is taken down. And from there, Canelossi landed some pretty uh, good offense to win the round for me. Yeah, I thought she won the round too. Uh, Adelaide Bird did. Sal D'Amato did. Dave Hagan did not. He saw it for Nunez. I, I thought it was maybe not close but clear, but I thought it was a little easier to call this one for Canelossi than it was for Nunez. Yeah, I, I would agree. But, you know, I, th- I think it's still within kind of the, you know, not very close to offensive uh, range. To go the other way. Yeah. And again, didn't matter. Round three of the Manon Firo, Myra Bueno Silva, unanimous decision is the round that we will talk about. Uh, I know you hated this fight for uh, Bueno Silva's uh, performance. And and I say performance as, as in the way she was acting as opposed to the way she was fighting. 30-27s and a 30-26 in the favor of Firo. Third round was where we had a 10-8-9 split. Dan, what happened here? Uh... She beat the snot out of her in this round, and I <laughs> yeah. I, I hate saying that and then not going to a 10-8 for my score, but I mean, it, it's true. I mean, Bueno Silva, she really annoyed me this whole fight. I mean, it started because I turned this fight on, uh, and I took a, a, a shootout of a college football game off to watch <laughs> this, and all I'm seeing is her getting smacked in the head. And then shaking her head like, no, that didn't hurt me. And then it's like, well, I mean. Doing the little shrugging her hands thing. The and swelling. Sticking her tongue out. Yeah. The swelling on your face and the redness on your face tells me it is landing. Mm-hmm. And then you're taking mad kicks to the stomach, the whole thing. I mean, this round, but but this round in particular was really all Fioro. I don't think it reached a 10-8, but I think you can find the 3Ds to a minor degree. So it's uh, not really a stretch to go there, I guess. But it didn't get there for me. I thought it was a, a little bit of an, uh, a curious 10-8 score from Tony Weeks, who he defies convention throughout the year. <laughs> He's been known as one of the judges who's least likely to give 10-8s. And all of a sudden we've seen these rogue 10-8s from Tony Weeks. And it's, it's like every time I'm like, why? I can't remember a single time where Tony Weeks was the lone 10-8. And we were like, yeah, yeah, I think Tony got it this way. I don't know if he has a couch side override for that. Mm. We'll have to go back and look. I'm, I'm going to add these up at the end of the year. We, we make notes and everything like that. Um <laughs> But I should have been tracking them in some sort of spreadsheet or something. I have to do that. But uh, yeah, I don't think Tony Weeks has any catch side overrides, especially for 10 eights. So maybe he might he might have it in general. But 
yeah, I, I think I think this was just a very sturdy 10-9, a very strong 10-9, maybe a 10-8 in uh, the couch side mm. uh, judges system that we use for past judgment. I mean, I wouldn't but, have even been so annoyed at her if she shook her head and then actually fought back. Right. Instead, just keep covering up and taking shot after shot after shot and shaking your head no. I mean, do something then. Like, If it's not hurting, you fight back. The wild thing was she seemed a little frustrated between rounds two and three, almost like she kind of knew that she had to do something. So in round three, in theory, this would be the round she would come out strongest. In fact, it was the one tree actually got a 10-8. Yeah. So I went the other way. So crazy. Uh, but yeah, I, I saw it the way as Eric Lone and Doug Crosby did, uh, and you did as well. I think this was just a 10-9. Yep. And that does it for uh, a, a very loaded edition of Contested Rounds. I don't think we've had one this loaded in a while. Um, even with, even you take out the Bellator round, it was still eight yeah. out of a lot of them. I didn't get the percentage down of how many rounds, but I think the percentage was much higher than we're typically seeing uh, at these UFC Apex events. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Uh, I don't think it's I, like a lot of these were kind of went, went one way or the other. We weren't. I don't think anybody, either of us, was very fired up about one, right? No. <laughs> Probably the closest we have was was maybe the ten eight that we just discussed. Uh, if you're yeah. on Buena Silva, but yeah. even that, like, whatever. <laughs> Really, whatever. They are finished, sir. We had five in the UFC, three TKO, two sub. One of these was in the first round. And then on the Bellator main card, there was one TKO and one sub, one of which came in the first round. Of all of them, I think I know your favorite. Uh, yeah. I mean, this was a clear cut. And, and if you picked it Corey as... Anderson. You're right. Wow. No. <laughs> Even if you picked this as your favorite, that would have been my favorite too. Uh, Jim Miller uh, punching... Uh, Ghost Pepper's head off. Eric Silva. Eric, Eric Gonzalez. Um, Eric Gonzalez, yeah. And Eric Silva <laughs> hasn't fought in UFC for a while. Yeah, that was, I mean, you don't see a KO from Jim Miller often. You know, typically if he's going to finish, it's a, it's a sub. But I was glad to see that. Of course you were. And your finish was? Mine was uh, Dana Bakari. And I, I feel like I've heard this fight name, this fighter's name several different times every time he fights, and depending on which commentator is out there. Uh, so I'm sure I'm saying it wrong, but I don't know who's saying it right. So we'll just go go with that. I, I keep wanting to call him Dana Batgirl because that's what his name looks like. Yeah, but that's, what that's it not is. what it is. I think it is. No, it's not Dana Batgirl. Oh. But either way, he is uh, the man after extending his KO streak to three in the UFC. So he's three and one now. Uh, he lost his debut and has just been knocking fools out yeah. ever since. This one was a TKO over Brandon Davis, who uh, left the UFC, was, he was out of the UFC, and then went 4-0. Came back, and this is not the way he wanted to go out with a round one uh, exit there. The only round one exit from the UFC mm. this weekend. Yep. But I I said this on Twitter, and I, I realized that I made a ginormous mistake not saying that this was a guy that I need to uh, that I'm excited to watch, that I'm interested to watch. Next time, Dana Batgirl goes out there, <laughs> Dana Bakari goes out there and uh, is on the fight card. I hope that you at least remind me, sir, that I enjoy watching this man fight. I will. Thank you. Thank you. I can count on you. And uh, and that is it for, uh, again, kind of a forgettable UFC fight card, except for, of course, your your favorite Jim Miller, Jersey's uh, one of Jersey's finest fighters as well. Mm-hmm. We've got two. We've got the dueling cards again next week. Like, dueling cards in the sense that Bellator and UFC are on the same day, but not at the same time. And they're actually even more stretched out this time with Bellator. Going off Saturday morning Eastern time, 8 a.m., the main card starts. This one has the last emperor, Fedor Emelianenko, going against the fight fighter that everybody's been waiting for Fedor to fight, Timothy Johnson. Yeah. Way. What? <laughs> what? No offense to Timothy Johnson, but this is 
This is absolutely like the worst possible booking they could have done. You bring Fedor back for this? Come on. I would bet that Fedor, and I think Josh Gross made it, uh, might have been the one who kind of popped this, put this idea in my head, so I don't want to take that away from him. But I bet you Fedor got a list of names. I said, who do you want to fight? He's like, I want Timothy Johnson. All right. So I'm going to blame, I'm going to blame Fedor for this one because realistically they could have done so many more things if they really wanted to. It would have been <laughs> a lot more fun than this. Yeah, all right. And it's at 8 a.m. I'm probably not going to be waking up early for that anyway, so. Well, I imagine by the time the fight goes off, it'll be like 9.30. Okay, maybe I'll be up by then. I'll definitely be up by then because my kids will make me be up. But um, <laughs> maybe I'll watch it while they're watching, uh, I don't know, Xavier Riddle in the Secret Museum or something like that. Sounds interesting. It's actually a great show. Uh, they look back at uh, figures from history and kind of look at like what they were like from as kids. It's a bunch of, you know, it's a kid's show. It's a cartoon okay. show. Yeah. Uh, so like they'll go back to like Lou Gehrig when he was a little boy and talk about like the challenges he had. And then he mm. grows up and it's like, I'm the luckiest guy in the world, you know, because oh, okay. my kids, my kids know that Lou Gehrig was, was sick, but the, he was a great baseball player and everything. I'm like, wow. right. That's my, uh, my youngest son, uh, he, his favorite athlete, favorite person on the entire, who's been featured on the show is uh, Wilma Rudolph, former track star. Okay. Likes Jesse Owens too. He likes them because they're fast. They're fast. They can, yes, they can run. But I imagine I'll be putting one of those episodes on, and I'll just be watching Fedor probably beat up Timothy Johnson in like what four minutes or something like that. Not that I would rule out Timothy Johnson winning by any stretch, which is the weirdest part of this booking because it's actually competitive. Well, let's hope. I think it's actually a competitive matchup that Johnson could definitely win. Maybe, but he it's can. only three rounds. We'll see. Oh, it's still a three rounder. Yeah, they, they, oh I think Bellator God. said that they are switching to the five-round main events, but not until the beginning of next year. All right. But look, do you really expect Fedor to fight for 25 minutes? I expect him to, that he can. I don't I don't think it's going to happen. I think the last time he fought past 15 minutes was like pride. Who's the heavyweight? Back when they used to have the 10-5-5. You know, Is Bader still heavyweight champ? Bader? Matt, uh, uh, Ryan Bader? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I want to do Bader. Did they fight ever, Fedor and Bader? No. They Wait. Should... Yes, they did. They did, and Fedor lost. I guess Fedor lost that one. Okay. I'm, I'm, gosh. Yeah. It's he, been it's been a weird couple years. So like I I feel like I'm just gonna Google this real quick while you're on here, and let's just double check. But I'm almost positive. Yes, they did. They did fight Bellator 214 uh, when Vader beat Fedor. Mm. All right. Anyone else you're you're interested on in this fight? Fight card. Yeah, actually, I I do want to see uh, Vitaly Minikov come back first time in two years. He's, a, he's another heavyweight who actually had beaten Timothy Johnson in his most recent fight about two years ago. So okay. he would have made much more sense here unless they didn't they just want to avoid it Russian versus Russian. Um, I had the pleasure of speaking with Fedor several years ago, and I did bring up Minikov's name because he was the champion of Bellator at the time. And Fedor was uh, a little critical of, of the fact that he, he wasn't fighting. So it's actually very surprising that mm. this isn't a fight that could have been put together. There's maybe potentially a little bit of uh, beef there. Maybe he felt he didn't deserve the chance because he didn't fight. Sure, but so. also Timothy Johnson lost to Vitaly Minikov. Yeah, what are you going to do? So, I don't know, that's stupid. But anyway, he's back. Uh, he's facing like a, a heavyweight prospect who I forget the name of and I don't really care. <laughs> I'm just saying. And then the other one I want to see is Usman Nurmagomedov, uh, who is, of course, the uh, the hell spawn of uh, Kamaru Usman and Khabib Nurmagomedov. <laughs> Why is that at 160? Because sometimes Bellator just does these catchweights, and I'm okay with it because okay. I wish the UFC would do yeah. it too. Okay. I don't care that you're 155. If you're if you're like the 80th best lightweight in the UFC, I don't need you to make 155. If you want to do 160, I don't care. Yeah, go do it. That's fair. If you're on the cusp of a title shot, 
yeah, make 55. Otherwise, I don't care. Yeah. What's the point? <laughs> and uh, and I, we should also note, because this is in Russia, I expect there will be uh, some international judges brought in. Maybe, uh, and I don't know anybody offhand who's definitely doing it, but maybe we'll see like a Ben Cartledge or a David Leatherby, you know, someone from coming from uh, the England uh, range there, or maybe some of the Lucas other international Bosaki. judges. Uh, what's that? Lucas Bosaki, maybe. Lucas Bosaki, maybe from uh, from Poland, or even Clemens Werner from Germany. Who knows? I'm, mm. I'm just kind of speculating because these are some of the better uh, names more that I'm more familiar with from the region. Who knows? Um, but there are some very sharp judges that we get internationally, uh, and it, it'll be nice to hopefully see them get some work uh, on a uh, on a prime card here. Yep. And then, of course, the UFC is on Saturday as well. This is a 4 p.m. main card, so still not very late. We're going to knock out a lot of MMA by uh, by dinner time. Yeah. This it's... is, I believe, a six-fight main card, though, so I think it's going to go past about 7 p.m. Eastern time. Mm. But the main event is interesting. It's Paulo Costa and uh, Marvin Vittori, two of our most recent challengers for the middleweight championship, and two of possibly the most annoying middleweights. <laughs> On social media, pretty much, yeah, they kind of are. Um, for for one reason or another, like Vittori was saying the other day, he still thinks he's better than Israel Adesanya. Okay, I mean, he had twenty five minutes I, to I, prove I, it. He he did. There's nobody so. who's going to convince this man he's not. Mm-hmm. But we all know, we all know. <laughs> um, there's a middleweight fight. It is still a pivotal middleweight fight because the winner of it still kind of can stay in that. Like, hey, I'm still, hey, I'm still competing uh, here for you know potentially get back to another shot at Adesanya. Vittoria, I don't think he'll ever get back there. But Costa, he wins enough. He might necessitate it. Mm. What's, what are your thoughts on this one? I think it's going to be a war. I think, okay. it, I think it'll be exciting. I, I'm going to lean Costa, though. Knock I out. also would pick Costa. So. I, I do think the striking advantage will come through, the power advantage. He might even finish Vittori, who's very durable. But I'm, I'm still going to pick Costa decision. I'm going Costa TKO. So Okay. That's fair. Round two. Anything else? Any, oh, okay. Round two. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to say uh, after round five, there will be uh, judges' scorecards read. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what's happening. And they will they will say Costa. But we'll see. Uh, you know, if he can't stay off his back, I imagine there will be a lot of takedowns in this fight. Mm-hmm. It's I, I don't think it's going to be a particularly great fight unless Costa does win, you know, maybe spectacularly okay. or something. Right. So I, I hope it goes your way because if yeah. it goes my way, I'm not expecting a great fight. <laughs> I'm just not. And my expectations have gotten so much lower because of the quality of these fights that we've gotten on these main events lately. It's just, it, I'm getting so beaten down by the, the <laughs> lack of effort put into so many of these um, these headlining bookings on these fight nights. Although, having said that, at the very least, these are two of the top middleweights in the world. I have to give them that. Yeah. This it, is from, a... from an actual like drawing standpoint of being a competitive fight that matters, there is something here. Yes. For sure. So I'll, I'll give them that, but I still don't think it's going <laughs> to, I just don't think it's going to make me happy. Anything else you want to see though? There's a lot of fights on this card as of now might, you know, pare down throughout the week as it happens, but is there anything that jumps out? Uh, yeah, there's a big thing that jumps out. There's a, sub, What's that? there's a sub 500 fighter on the, on the card in the UFC. Who is that? Randa Marcos. Uh, I mean, I uh, actually, I'm a fan of Randa, but she's, okay. she has a sub 500 record. I was a fan of her on the show. I mean. And then you got guys like Sean Santella who can't even get a shot, and it drives me insane. The guy's a finisher, goes out there and beats people up, uh, subs them out, and then we got you know we we got a, a sub five hundred fighter on a card. Uh, it drives me insane. So, like maybe start cutting some people. We can less bloat in the roster, and then we'd have some maybe better fight night cards. But I don't think they want to do that right now through COVID because there's, they just want to have enough people available. I imagine whenever the world starts returning to a much more normal um, 
pace as far as the UFC maybe leaves, um, it, it, you know, doing all these Vegas uh, Apex shows and they start traveling more with fight nights and, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe the world returns to a semblance of normal, which we're still not really at. I could see them paring down the roster. But I think right now they like having it this way. They're, they're, it seems like they added more people than usual from Dana White Contender Series, and they haven't been making too many cuts. So this is by design. I know. It's just a bad look having someone that's sub-500 on a card. It, that's supposedly I, the best organization in the world for MMA. It's just a I don't bad wanna, look. I don't want to defend that necessarily. I, I, I'm not anti-Random uh, Marcos. I, I I think I think she's an interesting fighter too. Uh, you know, But yeah, a lot of people get cut with much more impressive uh, credentials and, and records and things like that. So it, it's definitely one of those, like this just one of these things doesn't not fit here. And the fact that she's still on the card is whatever. But honestly, for me, as much as there are like some decent fights on here, and I'm sure I'll come away saying, Hey, this was some good finishes here. Some decent fights. There's really not one outside the main event that even jumps out at all. Like I, I mean, I'm, I'm, if I'm we kinda... weren't going to talk about these rounds and stuff and, and these fights. And it wasn't part of my job um, to be paying attention and glued in. God, this would be one that I would just say, you know what? I'm going to turn it on at six o'clock and hopefully they're ready for the main event soon. <laughs> I mean, Alex Caceres is interesting, I guess. a little. Yeah, bit, of course. So. Uh, he's probably the one that jumped out more at me. Who is, who is he fighting again? Excuse me. He is fighting against. Let me pull it up real quick. Sure. I had it before and then I lost it. It's been a day. <laughs> I heard it was a day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is he even fighting? I thought he was on here. I can't. No, find... he is. He's I fighting. Can... Yeah, I can't. Oh, Unless he's he fighting uh, Sungwoo Choi. Okay. So that should be interesting, I guess. I'm sure a lot of these fights will end up making me happy, at least from a you know aesthetic standpoint, or there's there's you know, hopefully some finishes here. I think when there's a lot of fighters on these, especially on these fight night cards where I'm less interested in and less familiar with it, it's because I don't think they're uh as you know close to competition or competing for you know the higher levels of the division. And sometimes that means there's you know some more mismatches there, so we got a little more potential for uh finishes. Yeah. But Nothing really jumps out. This is definitely one that if you sitting at home are trying to scrutinize how you should use your time on your Saturday and you don't know what you want to do for this card, just turn it on at 6 p.m. Eastern time and then just wait for the main event. Yeah. That's or, what I do. Or just, you know, watch college football during the day and then watch. The well, yeah, you do what you want until then. That's fine. Yeah, that's the plan. All right, that's it for a loaded edition of the Couchside Judges. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll be back again next week to talk about all these fights. Uh, hopefully they're more interesting than we kind of expect them to be, right? Yeah, I, I hope so. All right, everybody have a great week, uh, and uh, thanks for listening. Have a good one.